Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of the NeuroProCo podcast. We missed a week, so we have another uh, double-wide episode this week uh, covering Mandalorian and a uh, few other things. Uh, so two episodes of Mandalorian. Uh, now that Mandalorian is uh, essentially done, we have a couple more things. Uh, we're probably going to be trying to do the weekly thing at least until, or at least semi-weekly, if not every other week, until the beginning of the new year. And then we'll figure it out whether we can actually still keep up doing the once-a-week thing. Uh, we, we've been doing the once-a-week thing because, you know, pandemic, we didn't record an episode for like... Eight months? Nine months? I don't know. I have no sense of time. But because this is a really long episode, uh, I'm g- just going to have us uh, get right into it. There are no real plugs because, look, aside from recording the podcast and, and me drawing, there isn't a lot of other stuff that we're actually doing. We're not even, I'm not even live tweeting. We're not even live tweeting things anymore. Uh, I don't even know why. Okay, is anyone wa- are any of you watching live television anymore? I'm not really watching live television anymore, even though there were shows that were live that we could be live tweeting. Uh, we're just not, we're just not doing it. Uh, maybe we'll get back to that at some point in the new year. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy this episode, episode 100, 206 of the Nurkle Wolf Podcast. As always, if you enjoy this episode, if you hate this episode, if you want to yell at us, if you want to uh, praise us, if you want to just Say anything uh, at NerdProQuo on Twitter, NerdProQuo at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening. And if you like this, uh, tell your friends, tell your friends, tell their friends. Uh, Yeah, that's how we get the word out. And then hopefully maybe in the new year we get to do stuff again if uh, related to the podcast, if more people are actually following it. But yeah, in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Episode 206. Jesus, 206. Stay nerdy, y'all. For Jamie, you're the right person that he expected, and he's not offending anyone this time. Look, look, okay, you know what? In my defense on that one, uh, it, it, I was surprised, and the way I tried to explain before you guys started ripping into me, it looked like when Charlie appeared on screen... Like someone had caught her off guard too, which is why I was like, I was just like, oh, I wasn't expecting you, but it came out like my tone of voice came out completely wrong. But she literally looked like Rich. She looked like you had like put the put the zoom camera on her and not told her. That's what it looked like when she originally popped on screen. No, she had. She was. Wait, what was that? I think she's in the room. She's in the room again. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. I love you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, how are you guys doing? <laughs> pretty good. Uh, Rich, were you able to scoop up your brains from your floor? Uh, uh, after the last I'm, episode, I'm I am still. We gotta still, talk, cause uh, holy I, fucking I, shit, man! I was not expecting, I was not expecting this ending at all. I'm just, <sighs> I'm blown away. Oh my! God. I was blown away. Although it was like what I was talking about was like, I was still amazed, but I was also like, 
I, I didn't think they were actually going to do Luke, but it was like there's only a handful of people that that could have been. Well, and, I, I, I mean, I as soon as they they showed they showed a Jedi coming in, I. I thought honestly, I thought it was Rosario Dawson. I thought it was Ahsoka too. I was but it's, thinking but it, so. But it, but, it, but she I, came in on the X wing. I was well. The thing is, I was looking yeah. for. I was looking for the lightsabers. Like, what lightsaber are we gonna see? Are we gonna see dual wheeling light action, lightsaber action? And then I saw the glove. As soon as you see the green lightsaber, and especially as soon as you've seen the glove. The glove. When you see the glove, you're like, yeah. oh, robotic hand. Yeah. That's Luke. Yeah. yeah. No. No. As soon as I saw the green lightsaber, I knew it couldn't have been. It couldn't. It couldn't have been Ahsoka. Yeah. But I was. I was very. I was very intrigued. I was very curious. I mean, I'm you, like, dude, I'm like, it's no. There's no way it could be Luke. Dude, they it? pulled a Vader from Rogue One. They definitely. It did. is exactly yeah. how Vader just ripped up those soldiers. He did that only this time with fucking Death Troopers, which is more impressive what he did. Oh my fucking gosh. I had, oh, when I saw that, it's like, I'm getting some Rogue One vibes, and I love that scene. And this was, this season, they just pulled off the action so perfectly. This is the most badass Luke Skywalker I've ever seen so far. Not a whiny little Jedi, but this, someone in his the, full the power. Level, the level of production in this episode alone is... He's completely off the charts. Except for one area, we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for that one area, which they haven't quite gotten yet. Um, They've gotten really good at it, but they haven't quite nailed it yet. But so far, we get to see, like, starting off the episode, just having finally another Mandalorian confront Boba Fett. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, you know, shit is about to go down. Just like. The insults being levied. Wait, since when Sidekick could speak? And I'm like, oh shit, they're about to fight. And Sasha Banks just throwing down with Boba Fett. That's who I that really... was? That's who that was? Okay, yeah. I knew I recognized yeah. her. Okay. Wrestling WWE Superstar. So, uh, yeah. So, I was I was kind of happy that she got in. And she got into her good licks into um, Boba Fett. And just like going over the, just the whole lineage of where he stands... And how he's viewed by the other Mandalorian. I completely I for, I forgot that he's a he's a clone, and the fact that Bo Katan was just like, yeah, I've met a million <laughs> of you. I was just like, oh shit, yeah, because she was in the Clone Wars. Yeah. She's met a million guys who are basically Boba Fett, yeah. like or Jango. They're Jango essentially, but it's like, and of course, if you watch Clone Wars, you realize that like, man. She's met a million of him, but she okay. Apparently, she doesn't realize. Like, if you watch enough Clone Wars, you realize that even the clones are like all kind of. The later you get into the seasons, the more you see them start to individualize. Yeah, but I I don't think they're gonna go into that level of detail of like bringing up that. Level oh yeah, of sure, clones. sure. So her is like the same face and the same voice. Yeah. You know? Who cares if they have tattoos on their faces or shave their hair to make them look a little unique? Um, but just like seeing them throw down and. Just like, and I was kind of disappointed that Bo-Katan wasn't like gung-ho about like joining immediately. She had to be like coaxed into joining just because of Moff Gideon and the fact that he had the Darksaber. Uh, but yeah, just like, I was like, I was thinking, are they going to be doing like a version of Magnificent Seven? You know, just like getting all the crew back together. 
um, Mando Dinjarin assembling his crew of people to do an impossible mission. I was like, is this gonna happen? And then, shit, things go down. Things yeah. go down. Yeah. Uh, also, just when you look, I, I mean, just calling attention to like just having like a like amazing just like group of people when you look at like who that team is and like the ratio like the sex ratio and the race ratio and like all of that it's just like I mean that's what I like about what they've done with this Star Wars show versus the other Star Wars movies it doesn't matter you yeah, know, you yeah. Know, it's like they're good actors and yeah. great characters that's all yeah focus on that everything else would settle in perfectly yeah uh, which is what unfortunately Disney and Lucas Films never did well with the previous films get great actors regardless of where they are and then you'll be surprised by what letting and their also, talents do the we, talk. we come back to I mean we keep we came back to it a lot and and it, we should briefly briefly before we get into the details of this particular episode because we didn't actually talk about last week's episode even though last week's episode was kind of like a, a little bit of a filler we should talk a little bit about that but it's it's I think it's it's Favreau and Filoni like and Filoni and I gotta you know Filoni in particular man just like holding everything together continuity and story wise making sure that everything and then just like can in this episode like holding like connecting everything like making sure that it's just like there's again this is another one of those episodes it's like it connects so <laughs> it connects like Four, three or four different generations of four, of of Star Wars. Well, like, all right. So you go. So let's talk about last week's episode. Sure. I, at first, I wasn't too crazy about it overall, but as a moment of like an episode of character development for Din Djarin. Yes. And Bill Burr's character, I forgot his name. Yeah. Um I really appreciate that. Well, here's the thing. Because they cast Bill Burr, it doesn't matter what his character name is. He's playing Bill Burr. He's Bill Burr in the... He's comedian Bill Burr in the fucking Star Wars universe. Like, like if they had told me, like, he's a former, like... In, in, the, in the show, he's a former, like, you know, Imperial, like, shock trooper or whatever. Um, if they had told me that he was a... Oh, yeah, he was a... He performed in nightclubs on the Death Star. I would have been like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I actually, all things as far as, like, the larger story of, like, this season is concerned, I actually really liked getting into the grunt's eye view. And you got a little bit, you got a little bit of in this episode, too, uh, of the grunt's eye view, uh, and also previous season with the Stormtroopers, the grunt's eye view of the, of the Empire. Well, which is what Bill Burr really uh, brought out in last week's episode. Yeah. Just the fact that they're cognizant. They're not throwaway people. And yeah. the fact that generals in the Empire are just so very cavalier about their lives. And the fact that they think about that. They yeah. think about each other as, as brothers. Yeah, they're, they work for the Empire. Yeah, they're, they stomp their boots on the necks of like the common aliens in other planets. But they look out after each other. And they feel whenever they're being think, thought of as pawns in this game. And you saw just like that hurt in his, in his eyes and, and that's, his voice. You know that, and I appreciate that. That comes from Clone Wars too. Like, 
it just making the Clone Wars actually the clones feel like they're individuals and that they're not just grunts in a war. There's a lot of parts of Clone Wars that makes Ooh. you feel like they're actual. You Did know. you get to that episode with that Jedi who constantly abuses them and just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that then he, is and a then really he, good he, set of. Um, and then he spoiler, sorry, Rich. If you ever watch Clone Wars, that it turns out that he's actually like. That's okay. turning towards. Oh, oh, the Republic is gonna fall. I want to be on the winning side when yes. that happens. It's basically his motivation behind everything. You need to get on Clone Wars. I mean, if I mean they just they don't just focus on Anakin and. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka Tano, you just see the entire war and the yeah. impact that war has. It's a universe. On it makes you feel like planets. it's a universe. Yeah, it I'll, makes you feel like I'll it's a universe. Probably, now that we're we're done for the season uh, for Mandalorian, I'll probably, I'll probably start with, I'll start watching Clone Wars because I'll have, that'll, that'll help fill in Fill in that gap. You can you can get through a handful of episodes because they're they're like twenty two minutes, and since you're not what they're not commercial because you're not watching them on Disney Plus, so there's no commercials. You can get through them pretty quickly. I will say, I'm now really late in season four. You've probably are even now past me because you were already I'm, in yeah, season five. Yeah. Uh, they are seven seasons at twenty two episodes a pop, so there's a lot of episodes to get through, but. And some of those are going to drag, but even the episodes that feel like they they drag, there's little bits in every single one of them that are like, even ones that seem like they don't, they're not significant. There's just mm-hmm. little details that just like expand the universe or like, or foreshadow to future events. Or yeah, there'd be something that seems like it's like this isn't this is why are they doing this? And then two two seasons later, you're like oh shit, they came back to that. that that thing that didn't seem important at the time. Mm-hmm. Or like some character that you didn't think was going to come back ends up coming back and having an entire arc. Like it's, yeah. There's a lot. It's it's really dense. Uh, yeah, and I will say like to connect last week's episode to this episode, I love the little detail in this episode of like when they get the, the, the clone technician uh, that... The, the guy who it was it was a guy the guy who's like shoots the other dude and it's like he was on oh, the Death yeah, Star yeah. there was a guy who was I love the fact that they stuck in a guy who was at, it comes back to that that bit in Clerks it was like all those guys who were working on the Death Star and just like they weren't you know they weren't like didn't necessarily know that they were gonna get attacked by a rebel a small rebel group that group that was gonna blow up their entire station but it's just like he even got, he's just like yeah you know how many people you rebels killed millions of people were on that station that you killed like and that just like even though he's kind of an asshole it's just like yeah, yeah it was a blowing up Al- Alderaan was a small price to pay <laughs> but but still the fact that he says it's like yeah there were millions of us on the Death Star and then the joke which one yeah. <laughs> but I like the fact that. Grunt level, man, like actually making us, it grounds the universe. That was the main thing about last week's episode. Yeah. It grounds the universe. So, Giancarlo Esposito, that man is a fucking amazing villain. He's perfect. What did you think about the fight between Din Djarin and Giancarlo? I mean, they were. 
They were phenomenal. They were just like they were cinematic. Yeah. Those he is a he is playing chess while everyone is playing dominoes. Pretty much right now he is just two two steps ahead. Let me let me give you a hint. Assume I know everything. You text me that line. I love that line. Here's a hint. Here's a word of advice. Assume I know everything. That is the most boss line I've ever heard anyone say. And it's like, of course, Giancarlo's character says something like that. It's like, damn. That was... I knew knew from the start that he had something up his sleeve. Like, he wasn't just going to hand over uh, Grogu just like that. And and then even, even when... Uh, Mando had the the the, the dark saber. I had a feeling there was something more to this, and sure enough. But there, was there any resolution to that? Because like that's bullshit. Because Jamie, you mentioned that Dave Filoni is the historian of all Star Wars. Bo-Katan did not get the uh, dark saber that way. No, she did not. It was given. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was bullshit. Yeah, they invented that for them. That was yeah, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the Ahsoka Tan, in the Ahsoka episode, when they first meet, didn't somebody tell Mando that exact same uh, story about the Darksaber? That it, in order to get it, you need to fight the person who had it? In order to properly get it? Historically, yes. Um, that's how it's no- normally passed on. Um, her, I think, brother or father, um, uh, Crease or something like that. I can't he, remember, yeah, he, yeah. I don't think I even got He to that allied episode. himself with Darth Maul. And, the, and, he, and what happened was Darth Maul used him and the Mandalorian Death Watch to control all the Mandalorians on Mandalore. And then they went to a head, and then Darth Maul knew that in order for him to control the Mandalorians, he had to best their leaders in battle. So by defeating the brother, he laid claim to the Darksaber. So traditionally, it's passed on to the victor of battles. But somehow... I think uh, Bo-Katan's sister had the dark saber. She's not a. She's even though she's Mandalorian, she's not a warrior. She's not a soldier. So she's like, "What's the point? I don't need this. Here, take it." And then Bo-Katan just accepted it and oh, became the leader of Mandalorian. Without any issue. Wait, what was that? So her sister was able to pass it along without any problem. Yeah, that was the case. Um, that might also be a thing of like, it. It. it I mean. Here's the thing. It, it, you could say it's bullshit, but they could really. The right around that is is really simple. It's is I could I could I could say I could say it right now. It's like it it has to be. You have to win it, unless it's unless it's by blood. There's a very that's that's it's literally yeah, you, they, could, they, you could just do that in one line. But they didn't res, they didn't resolve it. In this no, issue, no, no, in this in this episode. Oh, but which, I, I which by which by which by the way, can I can yeah. I just point out a difference between um uh this is just uh, me shitting on George Lucas just for a second here um what I just Would said. Filoni shit on George Lucas. Think about no, that. No, 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 he wouldn't. But 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 just for the sake of uh argument. What I just said was like are the problem is just like 
Oh, you have to win it in battles. It's like, well, unless it's by blood. So I think like the solution for someone like Filoni or so- someone else like that would be to just someone just say in it in the show. Oh, unless it's by blood, and that would be the one line. Whereas George Lucas, there'd be an entire boring ass scene where they over-explained it for three minutes instead of just someone saying, "No, unless it's by blood." That would. That's, yeah. that's how everyone except George Lucas, everyone who's a good writer, would do it that way. Because that's the we simplest are, way to do we it. We know he's not a good writer, right? <laughs> We've established that. Yeah. You're just beating up a dead horse right now. Um, a big, waddly necked horse. What, what about the dark troopers? I thought they looked pretty badass. I mean, especially Din Djarin just like having to fucking struggle to take down one of those deaths, uh, death troopers. I, I, I think just like having them be... Like, in the last episode, you didn't really get a feeling of them. I uh, I mean, in an extended universe, I know they're a thing. Uh, I think in later seasons, of, in Rebels, I think they're a big thing. I haven't watched Rebels yet. But in this, it's just very... Like, it, they've been doing continually through this series. Just very... Making smaller scale things feel like they're bigger. And the whole thing with them punching through the... And just, like, not punching through the wall and also punching, like, Mando in the head through the Beskar. Yeah. I was just like, damn! <laughs> but also, great way of to show how powerful the Beskar steel is. That, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It really it really showcased how... How... Uh, how strong his armor really is, um, but yeah. In, in terms of the the uh, the dark droids, what are they called again? Dark troopers. The dark yeah. troopers. Um, yeah, I, I thought they were dope. They're a bit. They're a little bit of a of a departure, I think, from at least from the the canon movie films themselves like they they they're step they're they're kind of they just remind me of of other 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 franchises like they remind me more of 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 something i'd see in a marvel in a marvel film or it it, it got it, it reminded me of like the robocop movies but but the way it's been implemented is pretty good. I, I I don't I don't have a problem with it. My big thing that I thought of that they've done in this show it's been done in the animated series uh, in Clone Wars a little bit with some of like the the like droid shock troopers that they have in the later seasons of of Clone Wars is and then we have uh, in the animated series. You the different animated series you get a feeling that the droids of droids like actual combat droids yes. and what you've never had in the live action series is uh is uh I'm looking at silent conversation between Rich and Charlie right now um don't be weird Jamie <laughs> I'm not hi. I'm a, hi we're um, commenting on the ra- on the ramen that Charlie. It's it's that. fine. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but uh, 
we've never had droids in a live action that feel like combat droids in the Star Wars universe should actually feel, which is they're Terminators. Yeah. That was the immediate thing that made me think when I saw the Dark Troopers. So I was like, oh, they're the, Termin- they're the Terminators of of the Star Wars universe. I'll be back. Yeah. It was like, when you they, when you vacuum into them into space, I was like, yeah, they're coming back. They're coming back. Because we know they can fly. Yes. Because <laughs> I was just like, it. oh, they're coming back. Um, But when I saw just like all of those troop, uh, Dark Troopers come back and then... Ahsoka Tano and the other groups just locked into that control well, area. Ahsoka Tano is in, in... I mean, I mean, Bo-Katan. Yeah. Um, I was just like, fuck. It, someone's gonna die. Because I felt that because these characters are so overpowered, these Dark Troopers, they were not gonna survive this. And then, to my in my mind, I was like, the episode titled The Rescue is not Din Djarin rescuing them. It was someone else. Rest. I did not see that one coming. That's the interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Think I about did that. not see that one coming because I was assuming that it's going to be Dinjarin. There won't be any. It'll just be a Mandalorian focused episode with his crew, and they're going to find a way. Maybe someone sacrifices themselves or someone and dies. Right, yeah, I was thinking that too. We're going to lose as soon as when I saw like the dark troopers, I was just like, oh, we're going to lose one or more of the characters right now. Yeah. Um. I, I thought that, but I thought that earlier in the episode. There's a there's a once once they make it into the Imperial ship, there's a part where they reach a catwalk, like a narrow catwalk. And if Star Wars has taught me anything, is that when you get to a catwalk, somebody's gonna die. Someone's gonna get <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think. I was thinking the same thing. I didn't even remember. I, didn't, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. It was like someone's gonna get stabbed and fall off at. Someone's gonna die, and you know, they, I mean, they got ambushed by uh, a bunch of stormtroopers. But I thought it was gonna be a lot more serious than that. Yeah, I was just like, shit. You know, there are gonna be casualties. I'm gonna love it because the stakes are high. You know, uh, Din Djarin is not gonna let his baby, you know, go out without a fight. Mm-hmm. And then something comes through in hyperspace, and it's a fucking X-wing. I was yeah. like, "What the fuck is going?" I did not see this one coming. I did not see that shit coming. It was like I've heard like oh, I was thinking about are they going to be pulling characters from extended universe, other Jedi to get into? So that this? was my thing. I was just like, I when I saw the X-wing, I was just like, I was like, I was like when I, as soon as I saw the X-wing coming, I was just like, okay. Maybe it's it was like, but it's only one of when it was only one of them. I was like, oh, it's only one, and even like, what's well, Gina Carano just makes that joke. It's like, oh, one X wing, we're saved. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just like, what's well, only one X wing? Was so like, is that gonna, yeah, is that gonna like, be Luke? And as soon as I saw it was only one X wing, I was like, is that gonna be Luke? And I was like, nah, they wouldn't do Luke. And then I saw the green. I was just like, it's Ahsoka, and I was just like, and then I got really excited. I was like, it's Ahsoka. And then I saw the green lightsaber, and I was just like. Is it gonna be Luke? And, then it, and like I said, as soon as I saw the glove, I was like, "It's fucking Luke!" Oh god, they actually went and did Luke. Like you remember me watching Hot Tub Time Machine with you guys and how high pitched I got watching that. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. That was fucking me in this episode, just squealing so high pitched when I just saw that action. It was like, fuck. Just him tearing down those dark... It's not just regular stormtroopers. It's not just stupid rebel soldiers. 
they're fucking dark troopers. And they're just like tearing them left and right. When he did the the force choke hold on one of them and crushed them. I what 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 makes that so badass is like because I'm viewing the dark troopers as the Terminator. It's like it's fucking Luke Skywalker fucking annihilating twenty Terminators is what he's doing <laughs> with no problem, with no struggle whatsoever. And once again, these are Mandalorians, well trained. Mando can handle himself, and he struggled. And just to see. Luke Skywalker, Skywalker just cut through these guys like hot knife through butter. Oh. And, and, and Giancarlo knew very well <laughs> who had arrived on his ship because he was a, he was ready to take his take his own life. And he knew. He says he knows everything. And he when yep. he saw that I ship, he's you, like, "Yeah, yeah, I bet you, yeah, yeah, I bet you." He knew exactly <laughs> yeah. who it was who just arrived on the ship. Yeah. Um. Also, just like, even though it's it's much younger, it's definitely, it is post-Return of the Jedi Luke. Mm-hmm. So it's Luke in full, like, mastery of his skills. So it's like, it's Luke, it's Luke on the, that's why when you bring up Rogue One, it's Luke at the level that Vader was at. In Rogue One, as far as, like, the level of, like, mastery of, like, the force that he's at. And it's also, like, not for nothing, it is a nod slash, like, sort of, I don't know the word for it, but a a sort of all the people who complained about Luke in the, in the new trilogy. Those are like, okay. This is the Luke you wanted. <laughs> well, they'll find something to complain about, which is... Yeah. Dude, man, that was some Warner Brothers level CG shit right there. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm like, no, this is not Disney level CG. Can, can we just talk about the level of CG that they they threw into this? Because that... I'm blown away at the level of detail. I mean, okay, like if we're going to compare at the... At the in the end of Rogue One, when in the in the end of at the end of Rogue One, when they threw in um, uh, Carrie Fisher. Well, not even the end of Rogue One. In Rogue One, when they have um, Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah. That actor had been dead. I mean, it was really good, but you could still tell something was a little off. And this. This, I think, was more so because less people are uh, and were not as conscience, conscious of the way um, I'm drawing up his, Peter Cushing as an actor. Less people are familiar with how Peter Cushing looked in the original Star Wars. I think people don't have a fix on his face as much, which is why you could get away with a completely CG'd, almost in Rogue One, Peter Cushing. Yeah, but he's still more plastic. He did, yes. Uh, but it's even more of a distraction in this because we we know what lo- young Mark Hamill looks like. So it's like it's even it, look. It's it it was amazing, but it for was TV. still it was amazing for yeah, TV. Yeah, it was amazing, that. but like they still haven't. 
even even in Rogue One, it's just like, yeah, they haven't. They've they're so close. They haven't quite gotten past the uncanny valley. This was very Tron like. Yes. This is Disney Tron. <laughs> it wasn't this as bad, bad as Tron. It wasn't this as bad as Tron. Bad. Was, I it thought it was, was just a little bit bad. better than Tron. It was a little bit. I would. I would agree with the rich. It's a little bit better than Tron Legacy. Not, yeah. not by a whole lot, but no. yes. I think it was a little bit. Let's. I will give it a little bit more credit than Tron. Yeah. Uh, although I'd be curious. I. I look. Uh, I'm ninety eight percent sure. They got Mark to actually do the voice. Uh, no, he was in the credits. Okay, cool, that. good. He was, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. Because why not? <laughs> if you put his face, you have to include yeah, yeah. his voice. I think I think if they had got someone else, Mark Hamill would have like would have been like would have would have. And that would have knowing Mark Hamill, he would have gone ape shit. He would have been like, "What the fuck, him, yeah. really?" And he's a he's too important of a fixture fixture in Star Wars to not include him. Yeah, you know. Um, with that being said. Where does Grogu fit in in the new Disney trilogy with Ben Solo? Because remember, in the new Disney trilogy, I don't know if this is... It's during his second stint where Ben just like kills all of his, you know, students. So is, does, is he aware of Grogu or is Grogu off? Elsewhere, when Ben Solo kids, so, or does Disney just, or does Favreau ignore the Disney trilogy? So there's two different ways to interpret that. It's long. The new trilogy is long enough in the future that any number of things could have happened to Grogu between Luke getting him in in Mandalorian and the new trilogy happening. That being said. There's already been rumors and talk, talk that Des- that Disney, because of the reaction to, to Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, are already considering retconning some of the Ouch. new trilogy. Yeah. Um, what do you mean retconning? Like it's like they're they're not gonna recognize it as part of canon. He's got chocolate cookie in his mouth. Sorry. <laughs> Describe the cookie. It's uh, Chips Ahoy soft bake. It's, okay. It's lovely. He wouldn't cheat on you like that. Charlie. No. No, you he got the cheap shit. Put it in the microwave for like ten seconds. I mean, yeah. If I wanted, if I wanted them warm, which I'm, I'm satisfied just eating them as they are. But if I had just came out from the cold, I would definitely be microwave for like 10 seconds right now. Um, I'm near Eve's radiator for three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, let me show her. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> That's fire. It's true. It's true. Um, and so far, Jamie's not sweating, so that's... Well, you're the boss. Yes, I am the boss, Siri. What? I don't know why you came... What the hell? Fucking what? Right what? <laughs> Siri's what the, so what the hell? stupid. It's like, you are the boss. All right, I am the boss. Thank you. Your uh, home is your 
but yeah, there were there had already been some talk. I've I've just seen a lot of things about not necessarily that they're gonna treat it as if it didn't happen or just like by the time if they come out with like a new trilogy or a new series, they can always just either pretend it didn't happen or they can retcon things. They've already retcon things. Like apparently they the Clone Wars going on for so long. I haven't gotten to season seven of Clone Wars. I don't know if you have either. But apparently in that last handful of episodes of Clone Wars, they retconned some stuff that happened in Clone Wars. Like, the not Clone Wars, that happened in the prequels. Um, So I think there's a willingness that if, like, the response critically and fans-wise to this is enough that, like, people want to see you know, what happened to Grogu and that all explained, they can either explain... Because there's enough of a there's enough of a time difference between the end of... the quote-unquote end of Mandalorian and when the new prequel... the new trilogy starts that any number of things could have happened to Grogu. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, they could also... You know, like so many of these things, by the time they, if they get around to doing another trilogy or another movie trilogy with a different set of characters, which is, in fairness, what I think they tried to do with this one, and then they didn't commit to it. That was the, I mean, god damn it, I hate to, like, it's so beating a dead po- dead horse at this point, but the one of the big mistakes they made in the new trilogy, in my opinion... Is they kept try they kept trying to do this thing where we want to tell this new story with these new characters, and then they got such a backlash to we basically people saying we don't want a new story with new characters in the movies. We Are you wanna- referring to and Finn? To every everything that happened in the, in, the, in the new trilogy, it's basically the the opinion that everyone got is like, oh, what they were trying to do, what you can see from Force Awakens, and e- in my opinion, even more, uh, the Last Jedi is them trying to go. We're trying to tell this new story with new characters, and then everyone went, we hate. The new characters. We hate Ray. We hate Finn because they're a girl and a black guy. And then they, they and then basically what Disney, Catherine Kennedy and Disney Plus, as far as the movies are concerned, is all right. Well, then we'll go back to the original story, which is Luke, Han, Skywalker, Palpatine, and that's what Rise of Skywalker was. Well, the thing what that I realize is is oh. What I, the thing I realized, based on what I've seen from The Mandalorian, as someone who's not a Star Wars fan, I don't think people hate new things. What I think is that Star Wars fans are so used to bad storytelling. Yes. And yeah. they don't trust the, the movie. The people who watch the movies are so used to bad storytelling. Because yeah, I think man. what... Favreau and Filoni's doing is they're tr- they're injecting new lifeblood into Star Wars, but at the same time coupling that with great storytelling. 
that I don't, and I believe that no matter what's going to happen in the future, people will eat that shit up. Because and also, they're it's a they're 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 also uh, appealing to an audience that isn't everyone who goes to see the movies. It's everyone who has Disney Plus, and not everybody has Disney Plus. So I think, like, I think they were just they did what. I think it, it's that old thing in in stand-up comedy, I think, and so many things. The, the biggest problem that I have with the new trilogy is it's – and the new trilogy, and I would argue with Solo too, is it's what happens when you try to appeal to everyone. What happens mm. when you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one. Well, yeah. I mean, and it, you, can, you can introduce new characters. There's uh, – you know – I don't think I think most fans who are not you know who have at least some some sense of or some degree of open openness will agree that you can introduce new characters but if you're going to if you're not going to tell a compelling story or if you're not going to develop those those characters well then yeah, it's it's not gonna it's it's not gonna be uh, a, a valid it's it's not gonna be taken seriously by fans alike. So, and I think that's the problem with the with with the new trilogy is it's not so much new characters. Is that at least personally, I think that Force Awakens was a was a very solid start to yeah. a neutral it was to me it, well, so for much me, potential so much potential it's my favorite of the three really yeah but it, it, then they dropped the ball and there was no development and it the the, the 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 story got completely convoluted they tried to somehow uh bridge it to earlier characters in the original trilogy and it become a, a whole convoluted mess and again they, they screwed it up but it wasn't the fault of the new characters now what oh, I, I wouldn't say that either that it, it's never like the fault of the new characters I so what 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 I come back to is just like this kind of things it's like it's fine like you could see that in the, I mean granted it's a show. So you have eight episodes in a season to develop all those characters. You can even focus on a minor character like Bill Burr's character and make him more compelling over 45 minutes. You know what I mean? And also, like, say something about the universe that you're in in that... I, I don't even think that episode was 45 minutes, but it was like 40 minutes. And you could, you could, you could deepen the universe with that. I don't... You can't necessarily do that in a movie... But it's also just like I've seen this in a lot of like big franchise movies. Uh, Star Wars is guilty of this. Um, uh, Warner Brothers is 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 as we've discussed like Warner Brothers and the DC movie universe <laughs> is definitely guilty of this. Of just like just like okay, you've established a character in this universe that you create outside of Batman. Yeah, whatever. But even uh, even Batman, to a certain extent, uh, to a certain extent, like look, 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 look. We've made the argument that like Ben Affleck was not a bad Batman. We're talking about like characters. I mean, Batman movies have had some really good villains. 
let's be clear on that and great supporting characters yeah but 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 it's just like okay if you've introduced a version of a character and, and you're trying to build yeah go ahead speaking of batman timothy timothy chamele will play robin i don't know about i didn't hear it i have I just, no idea I just, I just was, I came across that I think last night or something. Uh, apparently, he's gonna play Robin in the. He has a face I want to punch. I really don't like. Which <laughs> may or may not be perfect for Robin, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm curious about Dune because I thought the first movie was a piece of shit when I was a kid. Even back then, I thought it was a piece of shit. So I, I'm, I'm willing to give this movie Aww, a chance. Oh, the the David Lynch, Dune. I, I was a kid. I was like, this is some weird shit, and I like I, weird it, shit. And I, it was too much for me. It is. It. I could it, not. Here's what, as here, a kid, I was like, it, what? here's what I was like. Okay. What? <laughs> weird tangent. Just way off from Star Wars, <laughs> or not so much if you're considering Dune in like a. Star- I heard it inspired. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it, it so many things inspired. Look, George Lucas ripped off, not ripped off, or was an homage to so many things. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, Dune, the original movie, is very weird. But there are so many parts of that movie that, like in hindsight, like when you go back and watch it, you're just like, what a, what are these, what are, what are you even doing? Like actors that like fucking Sting is one of the Harkonnen in that. Like Sting is like the prince of the Harkonnen in that, which is just like it's one of those things. That it's even more than throwing David Bowie in a movie, which they have done. Throwing Sting and having him play a Harkonnen, like the prince of the Harkonnen, is just like that's bizarre. Like. Having Alicia Witt, who you may or may not know, when she was a little kid in that movie. Fucking, what's his name from Twin Peaks? Fucking playing the lead. Like, Patrick's young Patrick Stewart. Young, still bald. was in it? Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Younger Patrick Stewart is in, is, is in, is in Dune. Dune is, look, number one, it's a weird movie, but number two, Dune is a weird that it's a weird universe. It's. I really, I really need to make the commitment to finally, actually read the book. I have. Before, I, yeah, yeah. It's before the new movie comes out. It's a lot. Thing. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, it's a. It's it's one of those things that is. It's a lot. It's so much as a book that it's one of those things that like. Uh, so on a on a fiction level. Every time they adapt it, they've done it as like a mini series on sci-fi. I was just like, I was like, okay, fine. And then doing it as a movie again, I'm like, okay, fine. Um, it's one of those books that's almost like if you want to compare it to a comic book, it's like adapting Watchmen. It's oh. like it's like no matter what you do, it's it's gonna fall short in some way. Yeah. Well, you know, some 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 stories, some books are very difficult to adapt a hundred percent of the way. So yeah. you want to take you. Sometimes it's better to take bits and pieces. Of- I mean, there there are some examples of like 
taking the elements, taking what's good about them, and then expanding what's weak about them. And Lord of the uh, the Hobbit movies are a are not a good example of this, but the Lord of the Rings movies are a good example of this. It's taking what are very conceptually world dense books. Tolkien was great at building a world. The one thing that Tolkien, as a writer, wasn't great at was building emotional... Uh, he was great at world building, which is what a lot of fantasy and sci-fi writers are great at. They're great at world building. Not all of them are great at creating emotional connections to their characters. The one thing that the Lord of the Rings movies were great at was creating an emotional base and, and connecting you emotionally to the characters. Uh, another great example and not the fantasy uh, genre was Michael Mann's uh, adaptation of The Last of the Mohicans. The Last of the Mohicans is a dense fucking book. I read it after I saw the movie. That was Michael Mann? That was Michael Mann. Yeah, who did The Last what? of the Mohicans. Yeah. Um, the thing about Last of the Mohicans, the book, is James Fenimore Cooper, he's writing it in a version of English that is not a modern version of English, so it's a little bit antiquated so it's a little bit difficult to get through the book is really thick there's a lot of shit in last of the Mohicans that is not in the movie and one of the brilliant things it's one of the few examples i would say again on a massive tangent off of star wars about last of the mohicans is one of the very few examples of adapting a book in which michael mann took all of the things that made the book really good and just stripped them down and even then that was like a two hour and a half, two and a half hour maybe longer movie but like he just distilled it to what that story is and he made a great movie out of it's arguably it's a great book but I would say that it's like it's one of the few examples with where the movie is as good if not better than the book. Because it's just like, it's just distilling it. Uh, which is really hard to do. And I'd be curious to see, you know, whether someone can do that with Dune. Because Dune is another one. Sci-fi, I'd say, is arguably horrible, uh, harder to do. Well, I mean, I think... This, horror, horror. Is, the, we were talking about The Stand. is also really hard to do. That movie is slated to come out direct to HBO Max for 30 right. days in 2021. So... Yeah. We'll see. But going back to like Star Wars fans allergy towards new characters. I think they're not. I think they've just been like been shoveled crap with the Disney yeah. trilogy. Where cuz I'm looking at this at Mandalorian the uh first two seasons. You have Moff who yes, he's inspired by Vader, but he's not a Sith. He's just yeah. a regular human being who is very intelligent and calculating. Like, Gustav Fring calculating. Yeah, he's and a mob boss. And he's then, a mob boss. And then what Filoni did was just, like, interject and include another character who's even more badass, which is Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is moth, but physically superior. From what I understand about the Shis people, they're just like, he's physically stronger, um, maybe not like, you know, like a maybe slightly less powerful than a Wookiee, but he is just as equally or even more intelligent than Moff is. So you have 
a situation where we are setting up with new characters, new potential villains in the mm-hmm. future that I feel that Star Wars fans will be down for. You know, so, just because we have some people helming and directing the ship in the right direction. So I will, uh, just to make it, just because they look like them too, the, the, the best an- analogy for the alien race that, that Thrawn is part of is they're the Kree. Oh yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're blue. They're like warrior. Like it's it's that same thing. It's just and like, they're like they are like in the border of an uncharted region in space. So that's another way that you can introduce new alien races. Sure. Uh, to the whole uh, lore of Star Wars and inject something new because I think that's what we want. You know, I, this is the first time me seeing what the Mandalorians are all about. Yeah, and because this show got me to watch uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, um, and I think it's just a matter of just like smart story uh, storytelling. I think that's what Star Wars fans are starving for. We never got that. Well, you got one ish, one movie in uh, Empire Strikes Back in the original trilogy. Yeah, none of the prequel movies were good movies, and then you got like half of a good movie with uh, the Force Awakens, and everything else was a piece of shit. I, uh, so my big, and also just like, some of that is, as we were talking, just, just like casting great people. So you have Pedro Pascal in this episode. Oh God, the end of this episode. I know Charlie finally... has made fun of me, but damn it, my daddy issues were triggered once <laughs> a fucking again. You know, it's like. He just loves his boy, man. He just <coughs> yeah. loves his boy. And he was willing to just expose his face. It's like, papi, muy guapo. It's like, he's able, to see, he's able to see his face. You know, Pedro Pascal, he's a ruggedly handsome man. And maybe Grogu was able to see that he's a good-looking dude. You know, it's like, finally. It's like, and just to see that he, too, being a hardcore you know, Bounty Hunter is able to, like, redeem himself, grow as a character by feeling for another child that could be it's, his child. It, it, oh, so, man. so Broke my heart. So just a, a great... Like, I did... I was wondering why... Like, how um, that man got custody of baby Yoda. <laughs> he just didn't want to kill the kid. You know, he saw that face. I mean, look at that face. Look at Grogu. <laughs> no, There's I no mean, way you could put a blaster to his face. But, like, why did he have to leave? I don't understand why he had to be taken away. I didn't I didn't like seeing a, a father and a son be separated either. I don't like to see that shit either. But with the remnants of the Empire willing to do whatever they have to to get a powerful child who is untrained, it was important for him to get him in the hands of the other's to help the child grow and be be able to defend himself, because uh, Mando can't does not know the ways of the Force, and he needs to be around his people to be able to better defend himself as he gets older. But they love him as much. No. No, they won't. Well, what, what, well, that's what, what's messed no, up no. about the Jedi. Well, they no, don't no, do no, love. No, 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 no. Here, they don't here, do love. Here, here's a here's a couple things that I appreciated about that. So number one, um. You get to see uh, Din Djarin not as the Mandalorian, quote-unquote, 
But he's Dean Jaron in that. Dean Jaron. Dean Jaron and whatever. Nobody uh, giving your two parent having opinion. What? Look, hold on. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Okay. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. Whoa, Charlie. That's that's wow, harsh. That's, you're... that's harsh. Put away the knives there, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> but here's what I'll say: is you get to see number one. He is. He, he is he is <laughs> he is so vulnerable in that scene I mean you see the tears but you also just like as soon as like he touches the mask I was like oh he's gonna take the helmet off because Grogu's gotta touch him on the face yeah that being said when you I, 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 and, I, I, and I get that and I get why they did that that he needed to have a, a, a more a more emotional connection with Grogu and also for the audience to capture that moment. I get all that. But how overall do we feel about Mando removing his helmet this often now? Because it's happened three times in two seasons. Well, this is the first time he's done it with someone he cared about. The, the other time he was about to die and it was in front of a robot. So that did not count. In front of a droid, yeah. It was in front of a droid. The second time, he was desperate. He had to get the file. To and that was also in connection to Grogu. So yeah. I think what you're seeing is also if you want to connect it to the, like the, the um, uh, Kitty Sackhoff and their group of Mandalorians. There are two different classes of Mandalorians and I think you see him going from like the the order of Mandalorians who never take off their masks their helmets to him kind of I think in this episode a little bit and over the course of this season like kind of slowly going towards like oh I'm a foundling which means that I'm I've been raised on a different set of values but here are the people who are actually from the planet Mandalorian, Mandalorian are Mandalorians, not as a creed, but as a people from a planet. I think you're seeing him maybe go a little bit inch and, and towards I, that I, side. And I, I think that's what Bill Burr's character kind of alluded to in the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's another thing about like putting that, that whole conversation – in that episode is setting up is setting the ability up for him to start removing to start his removing his helmet. And plus, it's a crime for us, uh, a, a attractive man like that to keep his head underneath yeah. the, the helmet. Number two, number number number, number two. If you're <laughs> considering the timeline of when Mandalorian takes place, special effects and the fact that they can't convey they couldn't convey that they tried to. I at least saw it even though it's a completely CGI Mark Hamill face, is when he sees Grogu, he's not seeing Grogu. Luke, he's not seeing Grogu. He's seeing Yoda. So he's seeing his master. That's the thing. It's just like, when, when we're talking about like, well, why is he handing him over to Luke? It's like, well, because he's handing over to the one person 
who sees how important this kid is, who is mm-hmm. going to protect this kid, is like, if you were going to hand him over to any other person who could be his father figure, that's why it's just like, oh, I was surprised it was Luke, but when you think about it, it's like, oh, it's actually, it's it, it couldn't, like, the more, like, now that I think about it now, it couldn't have been anyone but Luke. Because who better than someone who is just... He's defeated. He just defeated the emperor. He just lost, redeemed his father, but also lost his father in Vader. Mm-hmm. And he's in the extended universe post the the end of Return of the Jedi. That's Luke's thing. He's looking for other people. Like he's trying to, if not rebuild the Jedi Order, he's searching for people who are first, who are who are force sensitive. And the first, it, it like what makes that so significant to me as far as like the larger Star Wars universe, and even like the Skywalker, that whole arc of the Star Wars universe is like, oh my God, the first student that Luke has is someone who is of the same race that was the master of, and was his, aside from Obi-Wan, was his ultimate like master, was Yoda. As like, and you can even see that in the seat. Like I said, CG aside, they definitely at least try to convey that. That when Lucas Luke sees Grogu, like I said, he's not seen Grogu. He's seen Yoda. He's like, oh, that's little Yoda again. Oh my God, that's the perfect. I I need to. I will protect this. That's even more likewise. Is like I will protect this child with my life. It's like no, because he's like he's he's projecting. He's projecting. It's like it, it's think, another it's another son who has lost so his father. Now, to, do we think it's possible that Grogu meets Yoda in the next season? Then no, well, because Yoda is gone. I mean, unless Force he meets ghost. unless he meets, meets him as a Force ghost, yeah. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's. Even more so, like I said, it, it's it's like connecting universes and like, as far as like as far as like detect uh, connecting disparate storylines and timelines of Star Wars, it's just like, oh, again, you have a character like Ahsoka who's connect and 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 you know a Katie Sackhouse character connecting Clone Wars to this time frame of the Mandalorian and then you have Luke coming connecting the post original trilogy timeline to Mandalorian as well of like and also sort of connecting it if like whatever if they want to retcon that later to the new trilogy it was just like this is where Luke starts trying to rebuild the Jedi uh, before he sours on that with Ben Solo. It's just like, this is his first... Like, Grogu is... is Whatever happens to Grogu in the future, which we may or may not see uh, in the future, this is where the the time frame for Luke post-Return of the Jedi to Luke at the end of Force Awakens, it's like, this is him trying to rebuild... And Grogu is his first student. So, like, he, you could, 
conceivably with the time frame that we're dealing with, have Grogu go through an entire training sequence and Grogu going off, deciding he doesn't want to be a Jedi, deciding he wants to go off and be in exile. All that could happen before Luke ever meets Ben Solo or ever decides to train Ben Solo. Because keep in mind, like, this is... Like, if you're looking at, like, where, like, in this episode of Mandalorian, how old Luke is there, it's conceivably not very... Within five years, maybe less, after the end of Return of the Jedi. Doesn't Luke take time to train Leia? He could still be doing that. Because I know Leia and Han Solo, they don't have Ben yet. At yeah. this point... He's not in the picture. Ben Solo yeah, yeah, is not, it, definitely not in the it, picture. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Is like he could train Grogu and Grogu could go off and do something. That could be a whole separate... I mean, literally, that could be a whole separate movie or trilogy is what happens between... I mean, it would be weird because you'd have to have completely CG Luke like Mark Hamill training Grogu. But Especially that's like... Sad. Yeah. That's a whole separate series or whatever that you could do. And then Grogu could go off, like I said, go off and decide he doesn't want to be a Jedi. Decide he wants to go. You could have, you could literally have a gap and it's come back like Mandalorian Season 3 and Grogu has already come back. And he's talking and he's like a miniature like young Yoda and he's just like, yeah, I decided I didn't want to be with Luke anymore. You could literally do that. Like, it's not that... It wouldn't be that hard to do. And storytelling-wise, you could explain that. Literally, it's like, he hits a certain age and he just decides. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be with Luke anymore. I want to be with Mando. I want to be back with, like, my my real... My real dad. I want to be with my real dad. Um, <laughs> and he could come back, like, let's say a year... Like, two years from now, you could have Mandalorian Season 3. And, like... It's Grogu coming back older, and he's just back. And you could have that be a whole storyline. It's like why he decided to leave Luke. Like there's, there's a possibility there. Also, like to come back, like the post credit scene, dude. That's gonna be the next. The fact that that's gonna be the next. That's gonna be the next show, the Star Wars so show. So fat Boba Fett is that what's gonna happen? I mean, I mean, we've established no, anyone who occupies. Uh, Jabba the Hutt's throne just turns into a bat, big fat lard of gangster. I mean, I mean, look, man. What's his name? The the New Zealand actor who who played like all the clones and stuff in the prequels and is now playing older Boba Fett. Like once you put his at, his mask on, you can have anybody behind that mask, or you could ask that dude to get back into shape. But he's in like his fifties now, so it's just like. Let's cut him. I my thing about that is like you can make fun of him. Let's come some cut him some slack. But also it's just like it's just like yeah he's he's taking over Jabba's. He's gonna be a crime lord. It's gonna be a crime sword series. It's that gonna, I don't mind. I was like I did not see. I didn't think I wanted to see that. I didn't either. Kinda yeah. I kind of wanted. I I definitely do. I mean I've got the taste of like the underworld of Star Wars through some you know individual episodes like. The one where we first were introduced to Bill Burr's character, I kind of like to see that, and I just like 
seeing just Boba Fett just unleashed. Can, can we? Can we just? Damn. Here's what I'm gonna say: Sopranos in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that's what that's gonna. It's because that's what he is. He's a fucking mob boss now. He's the boss of the. He's taking over huts, and the huts are the crime syndicate. Basically, the major crime syndicate in the Star Wars universe. You you've seen Clone yeah. Wars. The huts are the crime. Just having him be like. Because he's it's at like, this point, he's too old to be a bounty hunter. Right now. Yeah, he's out of that yeah. line of business. But just to sit down and have Fennec do the actual running people down, and she being his enforcer, killing people, or or just introduce introduce new characters to be his enforcers, have a new bounty hunter like, or that could be like how you connect it to Mando season three, he go he he reaches out back out to Mando and be like, I need someone to be my actual bounty hunter because I'm just a mob boss now. Uh, just, oh, also sidebar, fucking Gina Carano and fucking Magnawa and being fucking bad. They were, just... I mean, I was like, they were like, a, there was a moment in this, ish, in this episode where like Gina Carano's gun was like jamming. It's like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on? And then, oh, okay, they just wanted to buy time before you see her unleash hell on the fucking stormtroopers because that gun was overpowered as fuck. Uh, but yeah, just like, she's a fucking tank just mowing through all of the stormtroopers. My goodness. Now just just have an excuse to have her not shoot a gun and beat the shit out of people. Any excuse you have to do that is like, yeah. Uh, Maybe not one, too. It's just like an excuse you have to have her beat yeah, the shit like out of everyone people. Everyone had a moment to shine. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, you focus on uh, Moff and uh, Din Djarin, but everyone had ta- had a chance to like you know mow down a stormtrooper. Um, yeah, this was wow. I mean, this this episode just blew my breath away. Just like it was amazing. Um, and just I need to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking. Again, to come back to just like this episode, is just like in one like I don't know forty three minute episode, they managed to be more Star Wars and not just be more Star, but, but like here's all the things that all of the people were bitching about everything about Star Wars. Here's everything you could have ever wanted. It's you have Boba Fett. You have Badass main character. You have badass minority characters. You have badass female characters. You have your whatever your original trilogy. You've got character. Luke Skywalker. You've got fucking Skywalker, Luke Skywalker in it, fucking in it too. It's just like every and and to do Checks it. Every box. Yeah, to check every box in forty minutes, and not two and a half hours. Forty minutes is just a. And look, man, and to have it just be the guy who directed fucking Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, fucking Peyton Reed. It's not Peyton Reed. It's Favreau and Filoni. It's the writing. It's the story. But it's also Peyton. Like, look, credit to Peyton Reed because he knows how to just do, he knows how to do the small moments and the action. Like, look, however you might feel about Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, it, another person. They were good movies. And just they like, were good, though. Yeah, they were, fun. It, just, it's, it's, a, it's the credit of the collective unit. They have solid writers, and every director that has had some input in this series has done a great job, and they've they've all, each has added their own 
unique style and flair to the series without compromising anything. So, if anything, it, this series has shown that it, there, you know, you can it can be done and it can be done right. Yeah. Which again, like the new the so on the new series and the new movie that comes out, it's just like. Okay, you've tested you've you've tested these people now, so it's just like okay, we know we know now that Taika can do a Marvel movie. He can work in the the playground. We know Taika can do Star Wars, and now that he's doing the new Star Wars movie, it's like like I going way back to what I said before. It's like I don't even care what it's about. Do we do we know? If what Taika's doing is it a standalone movie? I know is it nothing part- about it? And I honestly don't care. You know mm. what? It doesn't matter for me. What I've learned is it's who writes, and mm-hmm. I love Filoni and Favreau, but they can't be writing every freaking movie. Yeah, they can't. They're gonna have to have like a team of writers, like Feige does who knows how to maintain the continuity of the universe. Well, well, here, here, you know, here, to make sure everything flows. Exactly what you did. I literally think that the show was a testing ground for whatever the movie is going to... Whatever the new movie is going to be. is like Taika's going to be directed and directing and maybe co-writing. And then you're going to have either, either or both Filoni and Favreau producing... Or co-writing the new movie. It's just going to be them as the same way they were on this show. Uh, in the same way that Feige and the the, the quote-unquote whatever seven Marvel people were on phase one of Marvel. It's just going to be two dudes who are just there making sure everything makes sense. If you're going to do mo- more movies or whatever, just, just making sure that the story is solid. And, and I'm hoping that's what it is because that's what they should be doing. Because yeah. that was not the case with the Disney trilogy. I mean, one thing I've learned from their mistakes is, you know, you just got to have a plan and you have to have a consistent vision to allow the story to end the right way. You know, you can't just have one vision for one movie and hope that another person will pick up the baton after you and make something that's coherent you just have to have a plan throughout and see it through and make sure that you can trust people to direct it uh to execute your vision um but i think as someone who's new to the star wars universe i'm like i've like i've got text messages from people hardcore star trek fans who shit on you guys for loving star wars they were saying how fucking amazing this yeah. this episode was. So mm-hmm. it's like they could turn to appreciate this. Star Wars is I've now become a believer that Star Wars is for everyone. The problem with the franchise is because they've been plagued by bad writing, yeah. bad storytelling. Well, well, well. Here's the thing I will I will also make about the argument I'll also make about Star Trek is Star Trek uh, had. Uh, a reverse uh, genesis. They had the advantage of being a series first. 
So all those characters were established. They were developed. They had they had ups and downs. However you might feel about the original Star Trek series and however cheesy it might have been. Like that Gen 1. And even then, it wasn't successful on its first run. It was successful on its like second run as a syndicated a syndicated service, uh, series, the original Star Trek series. And then, if you go back and you watch that original, like the first Star Trek the, the motion picture, it's not a great movie. It's okay because it was taking a very small scale te- television show in which the characters were all developed very well and expanding it to a big budget movie. It didn't really hit its rhythm until Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, which is arguably the best of the original movies, cast yeah. Star Trek movies. Uh, I think that, that the original Star Trek movies were s- started to get kind of weird and cheesy or just not as good once they got past four. Which is the time travel one. Four is entertaining because that was Leonard Nimoy. And there's a lot of parts of that movie that are just really entertaining. It's transposing all those like future Star Trek uh, characters into what at the time was a modern... Like our current time. And that was just a lot of fun. When you got into those later Star Trek movies, they're really uneven. Even like the Next Generation movies. And Star Trek Generations where they blend, they had Kirk and Picard. Dude, yeah, that was fucking amazing. Get that. But Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I will, you got a problem, my boy. I will defend. I'm a Cumberbatch. Got a problem. There were a lot. People really didn't like uh, Into <laughs> Darkness. I am a I am a defender of Into, Into Darkness. I really liked Star Trek Into Darkness. I liked it too. I, I, all right, it was. I'm just being. I'm just being funny because a lot like, of people hated it. Yeah. I and I get why people hated it. I do. I also get why people didn't like the third one either. Like, I loved the third one. I also loved hey, the third one. I also, I also loved the third one. I, look, I, I loved. I, I enjoyed all three. I enjoyed all three. I will say that the third one, to me, felt and still feels like a long Star Trek episode. That's why yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's kind of why I like it. That's what I didn't like about the other films was the fact that they don't they not give the characters to shine. Star Trek is all about getting the crew the ability to have their moments to develop and to contribute to the story. What that's what I love about Star Trek. A lot of the cast uh, members complain about that. Star Trek fans complain about the JJ movie. Because it was mo- it's too Kirk and Spock. We all love those characters, but you can't forget the other characters yeah. as well. And that third film gave everyone an opportunity to that, that, uh, get that, their that, shine. That being said, I like, like I would argue that it's it's Kirk and Spock, but God, I mean, and then uh, just because it looks like we're starting to wind down on this battery, okay. we should discuss uh, the Disney Plus previews. And, yeah. and the HBO Max stuff. Let's talk HBO Max. I would wonder because I've been thinking about that. But but right quick, just aside from Kirk and Spock, the one I mean everyone is great in that, but the the, the one 
like Carl Carl Urban as fucking McCoy. He's always been great. In that. He's, he's, he's so perfect. Are you out of your perfect. mind. Yeah. He's so perfect in I, that. I was a fan of his when he was a villain in the second Bourne film. Um, but damn it, the moment he was a perfect casting as McCoy in the Star Trek uh, reboot, and it was just—I like, didn't know whether he would be perfect casting. And then as soon as he starts talking, you're just like, oh god, he's he's nailed it. He's nailed it. Just so. Perfectly yeah. nailed who that character He's is. Just, he was yeah. amazing. Um, but um, yes, uh, this was a great ending. I mean, it it's rare, but it just it put a nice little bow on everything. Yes. He fulfilled his mission. He got Grogu to the Jedi. It ended on a high note. And mm-hmm. It was like, wow, this... It's weird ending a Star Wars property and not feeling dirty. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was fucking pissed with Rise of Skywalker. I hated that. I felt so fucking dirty. And ending this season was just amazing. Um, yeah. So HBO Max. Um, why is everyone bitching? Why is everyone... I li- get, I get yeah. it. A lot of Hollywood uh, theaters, I mean Hollywood uh, studios, they get their money from box office. Um, movie stars get paid based on ticket revenues. Yeah. But in a in an environment where no one is going to the movie theaters, why hate on movies being uh, premiered on streaming just for like thirty days? I don't get what the big deal is. Yeah, and it's it really isn't. It it, it isn't, and the you know the. Uh, many of them are purists and traditionists and and are not seeing the big picture that you know this is this is a a global health crisis but it's not even that like health global health crisis aside it's the global health crisis forced media companies uh, to do what I think a lot of them were thinking of doing anyway it's just the Disney plus and HBO. Disney Plus and HBO slash Time Warner Warner Brothers were are ahead of the curve, and they just just like okay, this is where media was going anyway. Um, it's just that the pandemic forced our hand, mm-hmm. so let's just do let's just do this. Let's just go in. I mean, I get it. They're not going to replicate ticket revenues. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, movies like big budget movies. I I know Tenet was on track to making like a a billion dollars you know well maybe not a billion dollars but yes (laughs) i mean a a million dollars yeah you know uh, (laughs) uh, uh, a trillion dollars um you know (laughs) how much did it cost to make how much did it cost to make let's say 500 million dollars you know (laughs) so i i get that you are not going to replicate that but at least in while everyone is stuck at home Give people something to do, something to watch. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I mean, it's. I, I just don't understand what the backlash is. And look, and look, look, man. Like the a handful of these movies, I guarantee you. At least, I mean, everyone I know, there are people like Scorsese and all these people, and Chris Nolan who are gonna bitch about this. 
uh, that it's like, oh, it's going to be the events movies. But look, man, when it, when it, when we're when we can go back to theaters again, you can go ahead. I guarantee if you go ahead and re-release Tenant, re-release Wonder Woman, re-release a handful of those like quote unquote tentpole movies in the theaters, people are going to go see it in the theaters. Yeah, exactly. I it's was, not yeah. going to be as big of it's not a money, be the but the gonna, there's going to be some. There's going to be a. It's going to be. It's not going to be insignificant. The amount of people who go see it again in the theater. Look, I can understand why they make the decision. I mean, they were going to be. They, they were on track to lose money anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, it it made sense that they made the decision that they did. Now. Is it going to be like always like this? No. And things are going to go back to normal eventually. And even, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that HBO, Max, and Disney have so much success with this uh, system that they decide to keep it. Just as, it, just as they're going to launch it now, uh, even after you know it's safe to go out again. You know what's going to happen is that the people that want to enjoy a movie in a movie theater, they're going to go to the theater to enjoy a movie. And those that are perfectly fine watching it at home, they're going to watch it at home. And there's a real benefit to that because uh, how many times have we been stuck in a movie theater with freaking annoying people in front of us or behind us. Yeah, or, or uh, sitting beside us, yeah. Or beside us, right? Those people are exactly the people that will stay home to watch the movie. Yeah. Whereas people like ourselves that appreciate a, a film, like a tentpole movie in the full theater experience we're going to go watch the movie in the theater, pay the full ticket price, and enjoy it as it should be. So I think there's a real benefit to this 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 uh, this new offering, and you know I think in the end we're going to realize that there's much to be gained. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, maybe, but I think we might realize that there's much to be gained by this, and it's. It's not the end of the world. Like people will just chill out and realize that it's going to be fine. And I think the the solution is not to have it available for streaming on HBO Max forever. It's only going to be for like thirty days. Yeah. You know, and then you people can rent. So for those people who are not subscribers to HBO Max, you can go find ways of like renting it out on whatever service that you use or even purchase to own purchase a dvd or purchase to get the digital copy you could still do that Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole plan is not to keep everything streaming forever it's just for 30 days i think that's going to happen with wonder woman and then you could be able to rent it out so so here's another thing that i was i was just thinking about as we were as we were talking about this Uh, i got a text from people i'm cat sitting for i got an adorable cat video very short pretty court video i was cat video i was distracted for a minute but um uh 
the one thing that I also wish that they had done in the pre in the in the past is so the, I I I think this should be the the new model for everything. Honestly, is I really there are some movies that were on Netflix that had really limited releases in the theaters that I wish had been gotten been on the same model. It's just like have them in the theaters simultaneously for 30 days and have them in the, like more theaters than they were available to. I would have um that was the Irishman. I'm going to has so that was the movie that I was going to bring up. I honestly wouldn't have seen the the Irishman in the theater. Uh legitimately. That's not I under look that's it's too long. Yeah. It's too personal. So, it's too small scale a movie. There are two or three types of movies that I will see that I will definitely see in a theater. Look, God bless Scorsese, but as far as like the the Irishman is concerned, fuck him. That's not a movie I'm going to see in the theater anymore. <laughs> I I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, Scorsese. I don't give a shit anymore about a movie like that. Especially if you're going to make it three and three fucking hours, I'm not going to see that in a theater. I'm not paying to see that. I'm sorry. Uh, that being said, there is a very smaller scale type of movie that is not a a uh, there are two smaller scale genres of movies that aren't like uh, MCU movies, Star Wars movies, like all those like franchise movies that I will I would definitely see in a movie. One movie I would have definitely seen in the theater if it had been in the theaters longer. Uh, what is it? Um, Oh shit! What was the Eddie, Eddie Murphy? My name is uh, My name my is Dolomite. I would have totally seen that in a movie. Comedies, comedies are totally. That was a great movie. A mo- yeah, that comedies was. are totally the type of movie that are smaller scale that could benefit from that model. Put them out for thirty days in the theater. In the theater, because there's a different experience seeing a comedy in a theater with other. It's like going to a comedy club. And seeing yeah. and like having other people laugh around you or react yeah. around you, there's a benefit to that. I will say the other smaller genre that does not get enough respect that needs to be seen in theaters: horror movies. Oh yeah, horror yeah. movies. Anytime, I don't care the small budget. Like put it. Out. I understand studios don't want to take that risk, but it's just like man, put some. Like believe in your genre films, man. Like. I understand like tent poles, like like all those franchise films. That's the big complaint about movies. But I think in an ideal universe, you have franchise movies that are tent pole movies. The way that people don't understand how movies work anyway is like independent movies that you should see in a theater. It's just like, yeah, man, like there are certain like I understand like filmmakers like Scorsese we want to see they're like oh seeing a drama or whatever in a theater it's like nah I'm sorry dude a drama is and I wish I could explain this to every indie filmer or guys like Scorsese cause look honestly like I've gotten to the point where I'm like like shut the fuck up Scorsese like like you're a white dude who just doesn't understand that his time is gone. Like no one gives a shit that about your status anymore. It's just like that's the real th- that's like we've had this conversation. That's the real thing you're upset about. Like that your status 
as whatever kind of auteur doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just like, welcome to being a fucking straight white guy who directs films. Just like, you've had, you've had that privilege for fucking a hundred years that your films could be seen more than everyone else. It was just like, yeah, you know what? It, now it's everyone else's turn. And you know what it is? You know what I would love to see is, is like small genre films getting more of that push now. It's like have your tent poles and fuck those, all those auteurs like Scorsese and, and Oliver Stone. And even guys like who I love like Spielberg. Like fuck Spielberg too. All those guys. Who've been, all those like white dudes, like middle-aged white dudes or older who are used to having this status – it's like, no, nah, man. Like, and who have not adapted to the new format. Have not adapted to the new format. Like, it's like, fuck all of you. I don't care about you. It's like, let's, let's, I, and if you want to bitch about the, you know, the franchise films, fine. Franchise films are how, are how the studios make the money so that they can also put out these smaller films. So put out those smaller films. And when someone like Scorsese comes to you bitching, go, your time has happened already. We don't care about you. And it's like, that might be cool. And the audience doesn't care. The audience doesn't care about you anymore. It's just like, it's like there are plenty of new directors who are, make, who are making... No, 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 look, look, man. I love me some, some Scorsese. I love me all of those. Uh, uh, David Fincher. David Fincher is a perfect example of someone who just like learned. He's not bitching at all. He's just like, Mank just came out on, on Netflix. Have you watched that? No, wait, I really want I've to. I've never though. heard of. Wait, what? Mank huh? is about uh, based on the Gary guy, Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman playing the guy who wrote uh, Citizen Kane. Oh. Yeah, that's who Harry Henry Mankiewicz was. The guy who wrote Citizen Kane. It's a great story. It's in black and white. It's David Fincher directing. I'm all about it. I'm gonna watch it as soon as I'm done with all my genre shit. Mm-hmm. I'll just like. And you don't see David Fincher bitching about it. It's not coming about coming out in theaters. He's just like, nah. Like he's, I I read a thing, an article about Mank. He doesn't even bring up about about like that. It's not coming out in theaters. It never comes up. And he's been working on that film for years. He's been wanting same thing with fucking Scorsese, making The Irishman. He's been trying to make it for decades or whatever. I mean, the thing. And meanwhile, is, Fincher is like, I've been trying to make Mank for the decades too. Reality is that you know some movies are just not going to hit theaters. Yeah. You know, you just have to accept that and, and find I'm sure other ways Mank, to dispute. Mank would be beautiful part. looking. It's black, black and white. Fincher is an incredible visual director. He's it's very noir. He's Fincher is inc- like the thing about the articles. Finch Fincher is incredibly sp- precise. Like mm-hmm. ridiculous! Like he, the big thing that people have complained about him, like actors or whoever have complained about him, is that he is the minutia. He's a guy mm-hmm. who focuses intensely on minutia, uh, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing that they made about Mank. I was like, I'm sure it would be gorgeous to see it on like, on a big screen. That being said, it's like it never comes up in the article of him saying anything about. Yeah, that and, you know, and, and you know why? Because Fincher has worked in TV for the past, like, ten years or so. Mm-hmm. Like, he just knows that, like, that's that's where everything's going. And even he was just like, I got to do some great fucking things when I was working in TV that I never got to do as a... It was too difficult to do it as a filmmaker. 
Uh, and I got to do it as a as a as like directing TV shows or like being a producer behind TV shows. And I like he literally just said it was like, yeah, man, I just there was a level that I was able to do, execute that on television, and I never could have. No one would have given me the money to do it as a as a film. And I've made this film, and it's on Netflix, and great. And I think like he had this. He might not have articulated it like specifically, but he basically just said. I got this film made. People are going to see it. It's on a streaming service. It's on Netflix. And that's the whole point. Great. He, that was his thing. It was like, great, people are going to see it. I don't even give a shit. Like, he never brought up, like, well, oh, it's not going to be in the theater. It's yeah, not, I mean, if, like, if you're... Cry, you're cry, it's not going to be in the theater. He, ne- he never even said anything about that. He was just like, mm-hmm. I got it made. Some directors <laughs> are, are more worried about the... the, the being grandiose and just the uh, the the I guess the the hierarchy of being able to premiere a movie like it's always been done in the theater and rolling out the red carpet and others are just more practical. Which, and which again, pr- as as soon as you say that, it's like it's so white. That was something from so yesterday. white, but yeah, but, but and, it's and, also and, so. Yesterday, that was a film industry dominated by white, straight, white men. It's just like... And now... And how now, many black filmmakers do you know that are bitching about their women. movie coming... Women who are bitching about their movie coming out They're in theaters. That are like, more practical and are more worried about getting eyeballs to look at their work. And if that's what you're more interested in, then streaming's really the best way to go. And you can still have it both ways. You can have it on streaming primarily, and you know you can, if you strike the right deals with uh, with the studios, you can get a limited release even in the theaters or a full yeah. release. But the likes of Scorsese is the type of person who's used to getting it his way. Mm-hmm. But, but also, guys, look, you know what I found honestly is that so many of the, the guys. Scorsese is, and Nolan are bo- are both guilty of this. Is guys who have never worked in television. Every single one of those directors who have done like directed a handful of series, all of them come out of doing like, especially the guy. It is always th- so they they're like like marquee directors, and then they come and they do like a a HBO series or like a cable series. They work with someone like HBO or they work with AMC or any of those guys and they come out of – they do like four or five episodes and they go, holy shit. I can do so much more. The level of – Yeah, even though it's a smaller – maybe a smaller budget but just like I just have more time. I can do – there are so many things that like trying to make a film, I – like every – I'm not even going to say almost every. I'm going to say every single like major director who I have read about who have done a television series, especially like the way the level of television is now, like HBO, you know, Netflix, all of them came out of it and just went, yeah, what I was able to do on that series is something I could never have pulled off trying to do that in a movie. I could have never got – I would have never gotten the, the financial backing to do it. Um, I would have never gotten the financial freedom, the creative freedom to do it. 
and all of them come out of it and they go back and the funny thing is a lot of them come out and they just they make a better film <laughs> they make a better movie after that they just go it's just like okay I, I can do this and now I can condense all of that and make a better movie almost all of them like who, who go back to making a movie make a better movie after that it's just like uh. yeah I think the, the idea of like I, it comes back to that old idea of like the separation between television and film and that like film is a higher art form than television is like no that doesn't exist anymore it's not existed because television has caught up and it's because not existed it's... for a good 20 years now and those guys like Scorsese just never caught up to it like that it just like that dichotomy is false it doesn't exist anymore Mm-hmm. And you can see that it happened first with the actors. All those huge like movie actors have all, all so many of them went to do television, and they realized, oh, I can develop a character over an entire season. Mm-hmm. And now, like it's it's high enough scale, like on HBO, where it's just like, yeah, man, like a guy like James Spader, who was like a major actor in like the eight, like late eighties, early nineties. He went and did Blacklist, and he he said it was like, oh, I love doing this, playing this character for like two or three seasons that he was on the black Blacklist. He got to be this person, you know, and and, and expand and stretch his acting muscles. Like actors now love it, you know. They don't always love it. It was like if they're on it too many seasons, and then they become defined by that character. But you know, yeah, no, there's a limit, but. There's a lot of advantages, and now TV has completely caught up to, in 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 terms of quality. Uh, look ter- at Mandalorian, like I the feel, level of like, like that's theatrical level, the cinematic level. Daredevil was the thing that got me going, and no, not even that. Just like something, the first show I was really addicted to, Breaking Bad. You know where we've been as Americans, we've been conditioned to having seasons go on for like 25 30 episodes yeah we have so many filler episodes where now nowadays like eight to ten episodes you're smarter with what you put out and it's more compact more more of a precise storyline going through and i think right now we're in a golden age of television well, well, but you can also com- i mean so many people have brought up this before so we're i'm not bringing up anything new but you know what the show that changed that dynamic was The Sopranos. Sopranos changed television. It's historic. It was the series. Like, and then Game of Thrones, like, uh, showed that you could do this through genre and fantasy. But Sopranos was the show that said you can do cinematic level storytelling in a television format. That's what Sopranos changed forever about television. And it was on HBO, which was like a premium channel, but what Sopranos changed, and like I said, what Game of Thrones changed even further with like the scale, was you can do cinematic level storytelling on a television show. And I was like, you could, it's the, there are people who've even said this. I've heard people. Seth MacFarlane was one of the people who says, like, I don't like The Godfather, I like The Sopranos. It's like, yeah, it's Godfather-level filmmaking and storytelling. But it's done 
in a series, a television series. Game of Thrones is movie cinematic level cinematic storytelling, special effects, scale, but done for a television show. And that's because, like, all that became the, the effects and everything became cheaper, but also the money, like, the money shifted. Streaming services changed that even further, which is like, yeah, again, Daredevil. All those, sh- uh, Daredevil wasn't the one that really changed it. Game of Cards was the one that changed it. Was Game of Thrones. Th- Game of Cards was a show that when you can do wait scenes. House of Cards yeah, House of Cards sorry House of Cards was a show that like changed it and said you can do cinem- cinematic level there there's David Fincher again David Fincher again yeah a, a movie director going you can do cinematic level storytelling in a streaming show mm-hmm. and then like they just scaled up from there and it's like yeah like like I said it's just movie directors like sadly Scorsese would just just don't don't get it that like the or don't get it it's not even it, that they don't they don't get it it's just like they don't want to accept the fact that they like, don't want to they, no that that I will agree and even 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 Christopher Nolan's is is guilty of that too yeah this this elite very elite uh way very elitist way and just like if if he would open if they would open their minds a little bit more just imagine what. Uh, a Christopher Nolan uh, limited series would look like. Yeah, I think Nolan's he, gone too big. He would. I mean, he would have so he would have the whole sandbox to play in and make it his own. You know, like he could. He could really. If it, if there's any director that could benefit from that format, it's Nolan. And like I, I, I really wish he would reflect on that and really think so, about with everything going on instead of instead of if, of complaining and being mad at HBO. I, I, I kind of wish he would see this as a new opportunity. Yeah, it's like, look, dude, you've done every genre of film now, arguably, yeah. mm-hmm. and I haven't seen Tenet yet, but you've been successful at virtually every. Like, uh, maybe you want to try a Western next. I don't know. He's going to want to make as many genres as as he possibly can. But it's like, look, dude, imagine what you could do with a show. Time time twists in the mix somehow. (laughs) And someone wearing a mask. You You haven't seen Tenet yet, right? You said you just ordered it. Yeah, I just ordered it. So I guess whenever we watch it, we should definitely dedicate a pod for it. Yeah. Because yeah. based on everything I've read and every comment that that people have had, there is much to talk about. Yeah, it's, I'm thinking about getting it on iTunes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rent it when it when it actually comes out to rent and I'll make like a little event of it I think is watching it. Uh or I could I could let you get the the Blu ray when once I get it. Because I'm sure. I'm it's like my it's gonna come with digital also so that way if you want to yeah i could get it to you next time we see each other or something sure yeah it's um like and that's the thing i think i made this argument it was like when scorsese was was complaining about uh franchise films and i was just like oh it's because you're i was like well you've made genre films dude like 
you've definitely made genre films. Like you just you might not realize you've made genre films, but you've made genre films. And so like what what would happen if you just left like so many things that I've found when it comes to stuff like that is like what would ha- creative people like what would happen if you just let go of your ego and just like and just like did that that's a major ask yeah it, it, it's but uh, I, I think it was I mean granted when he said this it was like don't you fucking touch that I was like I think it was was it uh, Tarantino who said they were like rumored might do a Star Trek thing yeah and I was like Tarantino, oh. Tarantino, don't you fucking don't don't let that man touch Star Trek. Uh, that being said, it's like I mean Tarantino is an exception because he's just a genre film lover, but it's just like it's just like I mean if he made it, I'll be like number my my gut reaction is like don't don't let that man touch Star Trek. But that being said. If he makes a film, I'm gonna watch it because even if it's awful, it's gonna be an interesting kind of awful. Not Star Trek fans, let's just say that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it won't yeah, be yeah, good yeah. Star Trek fans. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, I would even argue. So, as much as we shit on Zack Snyder, <laughs> as much as we shit on him, uh like Watchmen, uh, spe- uh, like uh, Justice League, he added it like... Sucker Punch. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I actually kind of like Sucker Punch. Um, I, I know that's why a se- you like it's a separate dis- It's a separate discussion. It's a separate discussion. That's not why I like... That's not why I like Sucker Punch. I forget that I fuck own you, it. fuck you. That's not why I like Sucker Punch. But like, I haven't. I would have to it's, see it it's, again. It's 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 not all Jenna Malone. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jenna Malone is 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 thirty five percent of that of why I like that movie because I love me some Jenna Malone. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, but that aside, like as uneven and horrible as parts of Watchmen are. Number one, Watchmen is 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 so is like I'm just like really you're gonna you're gonna even try because that's just like what I and that, again example of like trying to do a movie versus trying to do a TV show. The TV show Watchmen didn't try and adapt the graphic novel, but they managed to be fate both be faithful to the graphic novel and expand it, and that's the advantage of being a TV show. But like, look. Zack Snyder, he had a definite vision. It was the wrong vision. Same with Man of Steel, like those movies. It's like, no, he, he definitely had... There was... A, so, to come back to Star Wars and the contrast, it's not that he didn't have a vision of what he wanted to do. It's just that what he understood what he loved about the DC characters ended up being the wrong thing. Like, as a fan, he focused on the wrong thing. I would argue Mark Stephen Johnson, who uh, directed the Daredevil movie, also directed the first... uh, Mark Stephen? I'm probably getting his name wrong. Also directed the first Blade movie. Loved Daredevil. Love the Kevin Smith, Joe Quesada run on Daredevil. 
directed the Daredevil movie. The Daredevil movie was terrible. But the one thing that will credit to him, it wasn't that he wasn't being necessarily faithful. I think he just, where he focused and what he tried to do, it's like, oh, you focused on the wrong things. And also some of that, I think, was studio like trying to make that. Like, oh, big budget superhero movie, and that's not who Daredevil is. You You're right. You can't make... Yeah, you can't make Daredevil a big superhero movie because then he ends up being... He ends up being C-level Spider-Man. When you... Which is what he is when you try and scale him up to that level. He just ends up being, like, you know, a couple steps down from Spider-Man. And it's like, that's the movie that he tried to make. And it wasn't that Mark Steven Johnson didn't love Daredevil. He... Like, if you see interviews with him from that, he loved Daredevil. Ben Affleck, arguably, as someone who was friends with Kevin Smith, who, like, was a huge... They're all them ginormous Daredevil fans. And not disputable, like, if you were to talk to them, like, you saw interviews with them, they weren't, like, debatable. Oh, you're a genuinely fan of this character. Like, sometimes that goes wrong. They just end up focusing on the wrong stuff. You know what I mean? Or it's just the wrong... Daredevil as a movie doesn't really work. Daredevil as a TV series, when you ground him, works. The reverse. Yeah. When you're yeah. doing when you're doing um, The Defenders, I would argue the reverse is true for Iron, for Iron Fist. Iron Fist, when you try and ground him, that's a fantasy level character. That's not a... Iron Fist really is like Doctor Strange level. That's a movie character. And uh, when you try and scale him down to the television level, it doesn't really... I mean, we've talked about this to death. Like that's, there's all kinds of problems with that show. But like when you scale a high fantasy character and try to scale that down to a ground-level character, it doesn't work. And then when you take a ground-level character and try and scale him up to big superhero, A-list superhero, it doesn't really work either. And that's Speaking of which... Speaking of exactly this, how? What are our initial thoughts of characters that we're used to seeing on the big screen now being part of Disney Plus? So, you know, uh, uh, Loki and uh, WandaVision. Well, I mean, Loki makes sense because Tom Hiddleston, more Tom, Tom Hiddleston, the better. And Owen Huh? And, and Owen. I, that kind of got me by surprise. Yeah. I just saw the trailer with Jamie just now. It looks like it's going to be weird as fuck, like WandaVision. I'm curious. I'm willing to give it a so, chance. So my thought is two things. I think as far as like ideas that are going to expand the Marvel Universe and end up being important for the films, that's going to be WandaVision and Loki. As far as things that are just going to be a fun ride, uh, that's Winter Soldier and Falcon Winter Soldier. And yeah. later down the line, I think Hawkeye is going to be the daredevil of the Disney Plus universe. Because that's who that character is. He's a, gra- he's a like, human. He's, a, he's, an average, he's an average dude. And uh, that's going to be cool because it's going to focus that's most likely going to focus on his, on the time that he spent when he was uh, alone or or just uh 
Yeah, when he was just on his own in Japan. So there's two things that I would love. So I would love to see from a Hawkeye series. Number one, we already know Kate Bishop is going to be part of it. And I love me some Kate Bishop. Uh, Hawkeye, like teenage girl Hawkeye. If if you've ever read any of the comic books that new event, like Teen Avengers, I think it's what it's called. The Hawkeye miniseries. Anything that Kate Bishop has been in. Kate Bishop is just like, that's a fucking fantastic character. I'm all for that. Uh, I would love to see two things out of the Hawkeye. Is either his time as Ronin. Uh, or his time before he meets his family. For some- I would love to see the, the actual Carney. Him as a Carney and his brother. And like. I would love to because they can still kind of do that. Like if they go before, like he has like his wife and his kids. If like as a kid you have him that because Hawkeye's origin is like he was trained by like uh, a like an uh, an ancient like uh, the swordsman who's like I think it's like an ex- I think he's an external actually, which you can connect it to the externals film. There's all kinds of things you could do that. That aside, uh, Wandavision and. Uh, Loki, but WandaVision, I think in particular, I think are gonna tie into Doctor Strange too. I think that's gonna be like the big thing. It's just, especially like Loki, like different timelines, different universes. Like, oh, that's I think that's gonna tie in. That's gonna somehow tie into Doctor Strange, too. Uh, so I'm like super excited about that. And we're not even mentioning the fact that Marvel did that thing that they always do. Is like, here's all, here's the series, the three previews for the series that you are expecting, and then here's a super early sneak peek. Like they just did like the casting and like one or two scenes from it. The fact that they're going to be a, there's going to be a live action Miss Marvel series. Mm-hmm. I lost like even more than a Logie series. I just that that character. I I know I know that I don't think either of you have read the Miss Marvel like no. series, dude. That character is so. But I, I'm fully aware of the she's impact so, that my character has with a lot of friends. It's it's not just that she's Muslim. It's not just that like that, like you know the people like whoever like complaining about like oh social justice blah blah blah. blah. Fuck all of them. Miss Marvel is a character. Kamala uh, Khan. That character is just fucking awesome. She's she's Spider Man all over again. She's like teenage Peter Parker, but like a, a girl and an Arab. So there's a whole different set of problems that she has to deal with. But like that's 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 that story. That's that archetype, archetype, the Spider Man archetype, transposed for like a different storyline. It's that teenager. Uh, also, her connect her connection uh, to Captain Marvel. Which is like just it's 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 very like small, but like I'm so excited about that. Like even more than I'm excited about Loki and Wandavision. Like the fact that they're even doing that series. They taught there was a rumor that they were doing it, but the fact that it's actually happening. And there's like for some reason new rumors about um, Charlie Cox potentially not concrete, but that got my no 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 no. Uh, the last thing I read is that that's been confirmed. Charlie Cox is going to be Peter Parker's lawyer? He, Somehow. That he's, in some way or form, he is definitely going to be in Spider-Man 3. That would be yeah. That would be 
amazing. Yeah. They've been nudging at that, and the last thing I read was that, like, no, that's not just a rumor now. Like, that's an, a thing. That would be great, because he is the perfect Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, like, a, perf- a, 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 a perfect example of someone when I heard when he got cast. Because, I, you know, I saw, Star- I saw Stardust. Um, it was okay. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was. O- it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Uh, Robert De Niro is the most entertaining about thing about that movie. Um, Robert De Niro as a cross-dressing par- like pirate, amazing. Um, the rest of that movie just yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing that and seeing Charlie Cox and being like, eh, whatever. But then like. Once you see him as Matt Murdock, Daredevil is like, oh, okay. And develop him over three seasons, it's like, oh, that's perfect. It's like, you know, don't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> and if they could continue that on Disney Plus? Yeah. Gosh. What, Daredevil? They're going to they're, so. they're gonna have to scale, uh, down, scale I, it down I, a little bit. Like, I don't think... Scale uh, yeah. down for Disney Plus? The violence I would, level. I would be highly surprised. I would be very surprised. That could be Hulu. They don't have to scale it down if they put it from Hulu. Yeah, exactly. You know what's yeah. funny? What they could do is they could do... They could do what exactly what Marvel Comics did with the Marvel nice. Comics uh, stuff is just create like a little... Yeah, Hulu. A little separate imprint. Mm-hmm. And just... And literally... Do what they did in the comments. Call it Marvel Knights. Because Blade is on Hulu. It's not going to go on Disney Plus, even though Mar- Disney has the right to the character. Phase yeah, 5? Because Blade is Phase 5. Yeah, but the Blade, the Snipes Blade, not the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Snipes Blade are all in um, Hulu right now to stream. Sure. So the R-rated stuff, I'm hoping that they don't, they do that through a different umbrella. Obviously, yeah. Disney's too clean. They have to maintain that image. But put it under Hulu or like Fox, Fox Mature or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure, like sure. They're gonna put Logan movies like Logan. Yeah, or we still Disney. need movies like that. Yeah, you know? and I think yeah. Disney would be yeah. stupid to ignore the fact that people are willing to spend money on really good R-rated content. You know, so give us that. Side, sidebar: different- Netflix like clean, like hanging on to what whatever Marvel content they they can still. Uh, the I I was originally watching. Uh, they bought I guess G four or whatever, or maybe they bought it from Madhouse. The the rights to the the X Men anime, which is oh. now on Netflix, and the Wolverine anime series. Sidebar: I will say the the uh, so long as you're fine with the Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely redesigns of the costumes, especially Beast, the X Men anime uh whether you watch it in dub or sub i would actually i rarely ever recommend this but watch it in dub especially because steve bloom uh spike from cowboy bebop plays wolverine and it's just like oh yeah you totally make sense uh the x-men anime is great the wolverine anime is horrible don't watch the wolverine anime uh, but on Netflix, yeah, the X Men anime is fucking great. It's awesome. Uh, and like it's beautiful looking, because they adapt. It is it adapts both Frank Quietly's 
it is a, it is an adaptation of both Frank Quitely's artwork and Gene Lee. They pull from uh, Storm looks kind of like the movie Storm, like that, like Halle Berry, Halle Berry. So they made her look like super hot. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, they am they am it's an amalgam of those things and like they just pulled all the right elements visually. Yeah, and it's 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 super fun. It's super cool. Uh, yeah, dude, super excited. Disney Plus, this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And the new Pixar movies coming out too. Twenty twenty one. I mean, obviously for everyone. It's just Christmas, dude. Too. Christmas. Wonder Woman. Soul Man? Is that what the new Pixar movie? Yes. Oh, that's what you referred to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, uh, I heard good things about that. And also, not Disney, <laughs> not Disney Plus related, Letterkenny Season 9. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been like... Don't forget, don't forget Midnight Sky on Netflix. Uh, the George Clooney directed uh, space epic. Okay. okay. With def- that's Christmas Day. I also got to get to, because it just dropped. Oh, uh, Expanse. Expanse season, season five. five. Yeah. I, I just binged the first three episodes. Yeah. Still great. I love those characters. Um, uh, yeah, it's like 2020 was a shitty year, but it's ending on a high note. Um, yeah. And I can't wait for 2021 to show up. And yeah. Purge the evil sins. I, I, look, I, what I'm, my big thing is just like, let's just get through January and February and hopefully... Cause Jan- look, man, January, and February, aside from like like nerd media content, January, Feb- January especially is gonna be. I think it's gonna be kind of a nightmare. February is gonna be kind of a night. I think when we hit March, things are gonna start to like get a little. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say better. Things will get less shitty. <laughs> well, that is kind of better. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, um, hopefully, things are. Good. I mean, right now, I mean, we've got. You know, vaccines going out. Yeah. It's not going to be a miracle cure, but no. at least it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Step in, yeah. So, but it's going to take time, right? So, you know, but it's, there's, there's hope. Yeah. That, and, and next year's going to, it's definitely looking like it'll be better. Yeah. Oh, speaking of hope, because it just reminded me of this. Uh, as I was saying to you guys last week about um, Ted Lasso, this thing about the Brits, it's like, it's a hope that kills you. Uh, that just kind of reminds, it's it's like about like a why, you know, you don't have hope for your sports teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> um, and I know this is off topic, but damn it, Ted Lasso, gosh, it's a great TV show. I mean, it's like... Is that the one with uh, Sutegas? Yes. I've been curious about that. Uh, yeah. It's a TV show. It's short, like eight to nine episodes. Um, Have you watched... Oh, that reminds me. Big Mouth Season 4. I yeah. saw that. It's it's amazing. It's, uh, have it. you watched Big Mouth Season 4? We're, we're, we'll, we might have to discuss it next week. Yeah. We expands. Okay. okay. But, what was that? Yoidle your doidle. <laughs> we all have to yoidle our doidle. Oh God! Hold on, hold on a second, Charlie. Yes. I appreciate that. I think that's what we. we I think that might be where we need to end. Okay. okay. We all need. We all need to wait till next week because we all need to go off and yoidle our doidle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm gonna stop recording. We can. St-
Yeah, Keep yeah. talking, yeah. but I'm going to stop recording. <laughs>